it's probably a couple months since I haven't done this shit, and it's it's a it's an honor to to be back on audio for everyone here at the Ramble Mania show. So let me just get out of the way right now. Pointing goodies, everyone. I'm back. Welcome to another edition of the Ramble Mania show. We here ramble all things good and bad in the world of pro wrestling. And I am your inaugural and first ever two-time Ramble Mania heavyweight champion, Hazel the Eye Zombie. It has been, it's been way too long for for me. I know it's been since, I don't know, maybe August since I've recorded something. And last time I did video was around, I think, uh, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve uh, before I was leaving New York. And shit like that. <laughs> oh my god. It, there's been so much going on with me. Um, first of all, I do want to apologize in advance. If I have not been making any episodes or, you know, doing audio or doing any video, you know, everything else. I have been busy. I have been taking care of myself and taking care of my marriage and trying to live life, you know, need to, needed to calm down for a bit because I was a bit, uh, I was getting a little rowdy. I'll admit that. And I moved, I, I moved out of New York and I've been living here in Springfield, Massachusetts for, uh, two and a half months now. Me and my wife just got an apartment here. We moved out of her parents' house and both of us are doing great. Uh, I'm working. She's working. I start going back to school next week. I'm pretty stoked for that. And uh, I can honestly say that uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm really happy in, in in where I'm at right now. You know, I I've been I haven't been able to you know talk to people or like you know meet people over here. I just been trying to focus on me, me only, and everything else going on in my life, just so I could feel comfortable in in this new environment that I'm in. And I, I I can't say anything bad about Springfield. Probably the only bad thing that I could say is no 24 hour transportation. Like I got to take Ubers home now, so this is this is just weird. But yeah, uh, today we are going to be recap. I. I'm going to be recapping the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Um, I would like to thank uh, my boys, Six and Tev from the Banner Club, to uh, keeping this podcast and doing their stuff. I know they're always busy. Like, everyone's been busy ever since. We haven't been able to, like, do anything together. So hopefully, hopefully, throughout Mania Weekend, we could do something together, uh, record something. And probably get our predictions done for the first time in like months. And I want my fucking belt back. God damn it. But yeah, they, they review, um, AEW, Dynamite, NXT, some other stuff. And it, it's, it's good that they're, they're keeping the Ramble Mania show podcast alive. Uh, now I need to get back to work. And I can honestly say it's it's gonna it's been a while since I've done all this recording shit. So 
If I sound a little rusty, or if I sound like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, please do not judge me. It's been a minute, so I'm trying to get back into this before I feel as if someone tells me to call it quits. Alright, so I haven't done this in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, submitted to the approval of the Ramble Mania show, I give you the tale of Cody's neck tattoo. Let's get ready to ramble! Alright, so we start with the pre-show, which was the Dark Order of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, accompanied with uh, accompanied by Alex Reynolds and John Silver, the new uh, the, the 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 newest members that they had in the Dark Order for a while, uh, taking on so SoCal Uncensored. During um, before the match starts, Christopher Daniels hypes up his team. It's like we're gonna beat up the Dark Order. We're gonna expose you. There's no exalted one, and ha ha ha. And they're just telling him, uh, "Look, bro." Um, I know we do these worst town bits, but this is the worst thing that I got to tell you right now. You got to stay in the back. And Daniels is just like, what? What? You're not buying into that whole thing about the exalted one, right? Like, of course, they're going to buy into it until until the match started. The match is actually pretty good. I don't get why people hate the Dark Order or they don't get the Dark Order. I get the Dark Order. They're cults. They're just some, they're just some weird internet cult and they're pretty cool. They, like, I don't care about the gimmick. I care about the wrestling and the wrestling should really matter to everyone. Like, these guys can actually wrestle. They're fucking finisher, the fatality. I mean, yeah, that's, that's basically a Mortal Kombat based name, but it's such an awesome tag team top rope maneuver. I never seen anything like that in my life. Not even like guys like, the Hurricane or Rosie, the superhero in training or shit, could pull off something like that. Anyways, the Dark Order defeat SCU with the 9 minutes, 25 seconds, and then they beat them up, they beat them up, they beat them up, they beat them up. And then their music starts playing, and then this guy in the robe shows up, and I'm just like, oh, it's the Howard Power! To, to finally... Reveal itself that it's Christopher Daniels swerving everyone, Ventruso style. Fucking topes up the top rope into the ring. Here's one thing that I could say I like about the AEW pay-per-views. I know that it's kind of WCW hocus with the ramp actually being attached to the ring. And all that other stuff. I know it's pretty cool. But Christopher Daniels doing that fucking tope. I, I felt as if he could have just slid under the ring. He's getting a little old. I mean, after that botch that we saw of him in Pentagon, it, it's a, it's it's hard. It's it's a little difficult to come back from that. Not that I got anything bad to say about Christopher Daniels; he's great. But I think it's time to just stick to the to the job title that you have in AEW right now. Then we open up the show. With some Star Spangled Banner and Pyro, I only cared about Pyro because, you know, until until this man leaves the White House, then I'll start caring for the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, Jake Hager, or as Jim Ross called him, Jack Swagger, or that he's got so much swagger. Wow, Jim. Wow, Jim. Jake Hager taking on. Dustin Rhodes within 14 minutes and 40 seconds. I'm just going to say it right now. Softcore Cinemax porn with him, his wife, Dustin, and Hager's wife. 
gross. <laughs> I don't know if that was just funny or if, if like if anyone wanted to gag off of that, but that was just that was the sickest thing. No, not even the sickest thing. It's just like, hey, let's let's cuck your husband a bit for like a couple of seconds. <laughs> I don't care. But look, um, match was good. It was a good opener. This is Jake Hager's first time actually wrestling in AEW since he debuted. He hasn't really wrestled since he left WWE until me and Six saw him at BCW and he wrestled, um, I think it was Azrael or Darius Carr. He was a cool dude to talk to. So yeah, it was very, very MMA-ish wrestling type because you got to build up that Jake Hagar uh, wrestling MMA background since he's kind of undefeated in his MMA. This is one thing that like caught me off guard during the, the build up to this match. Uh, Dustin Rose was talking about Jake Hager's failed MMA career. I'm like, bro, that's, that's CM Punk. That's Punk. That's not Jake Hager. He's actually undefeated. Okay. He's, he kind of said that in the wrong way, but I was just like, I'll let it slide. But anyway, Jake Hager wins via submission. Yeah, this match should have just had like a good 10 minute, like opener. It didn't really need to be like close to 15 minutes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even rank the, the pre-show match. I'm going to give this one a good and a half, which is three and a half stars. And for this one, Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. I'm going to also give this a solid good. Now, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. This, again, the, the match lasted longer, but most of it was just outside. In total time, it was five minutes. Um, first of all, the 630 to the table. What the f- Fuck! That was so gnarly. I've never wow. I've never said that word before. <laughs> that was the sickest spot I've ever seen coming from someone who is practically annoying. <laughs> like he calls him. Like I, I get it. Chris Jericho christened christened him as the Spanish God. We have the Monday Night Messiah. Up in some other buttfuck company. These two, like, just going nuts outside a head start. Darby Island just fucking tote, like, fucking suicide dives through the middle rope in the corner. And I was like, looking through the camera and going, thinking, yo, did this dude just literally throw himself to the fucking turn post? Like, no, that's, that's crazy. But no, um, this, they're just beating the living shit out of each other outside. And then the match was starting to get good. And then, uh, yeah, Darby Allen wins. Beats him within five minutes. Uh, I'm going to give this match a solid bars because, uh, I love the, um, again, I love the 630 spot on the table. I loved everything that happened outside. You know, Jake Hager's interference after he just had a fucking match like that within those eight minutes ago. Like, holy shit, Inner Circle was just all over the place today. Yeah, this one gets a solid bars, solid four stars. Oh, my God. I wanted to save this one for last, but I don't think it's even worth saving it for last right now. Because this is the third match. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks basically just can't catch a fucking break. First of all, I'm going to say this shit gets a fuck goat. 
This is five fucking stars. It gets no. I'm gonna give it a golden goat, which is six fucking stars because this shit was just so fucking amazing. People cried. People were just shocked beyond belief. They were selling. There was psychology. We even had some like teasers at the ending. It um uh spots people kicking out of shit, which is just very 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 excessive. It's a moment. I I get it. I get it. Like I know I I'm know I'm just gonna go crazy on this. Like I just ranked this shit six fucking stars. I don't give a fuck. This is how I'm just gonna rank my shit. You want you don't like it? Judge me. All right. Look here. I agree with this match. I love this match. This was probably the best match of the whole fucking year. I have a feeling that this is going to be not just in the top five, maybe in the top three within like the top 10 matches of 2020. Like if no one puts this match on this list, what are you? What kind of wrestling fan are you? Because this had everything. If it, like, there's storytelling. The Young Bucks got booed, which was just, oh, that never, that hasn't happened since they debuted in Bullet Club. That was like, what? Six years ago? Seven years? I don't even remember. I think it was seven years ago. Fuck. But the selling, the, 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 the high impact spots, the, the nonstop action, the, the fucking, 2.9999999999 falls. Everything. Everything about this match just screamed GOAT. Greatest of all time. Greatest of the year. No doubt about it. This is why I'm, it gets a golden goal. This is a six star fucking match. If any match could top this, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I probably would give it the the exact same rating that I'm giving this match now. The only thing that will probably put me to to the edge of my seat is the if and only if they stop the false pins. Like stop kicking out of shit, man. There's one thing that I worry about AEWs that it's I don't I don't worry about them protecting protecting their guys because they know how to protect their guys. It's protecting their fucking moveset. It's like, oh, Hangman Page did a one-wing angel to fucking Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson was probably in the back. He's like, you're going to do the one-wing one wing angel? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it because Kenny's going to sell this fucking injury. It's like, oh, I can't wait to kick out of that one now. Because <laughs> if Hangman's doing it, yeah, of course there's, someone's going to kick out of it. But if Kenny Omega does the one-wing angel to someone... No one's gonna kick out. When, when has anyone ever kicked out of the One Wing Angel? When? Give me one. And don't say Kota Ibushi. Cause it's not true. Golden Goat. But this, uh, then we go from a Golden Goat to basically, I'm gonna, I'm just rating this a two because, uh, the crowd died. The crowd was literally dead after this tag team championship match and then we go on to the women's uh aw world women's championship women's world championship well i fucked that up um nyla rose taking on 
Wrestling's greatest alien, Chris Statlander. I didn't, I didn't, I've never heard of Chris Statlander. I didn't, I didn't know her from like hole in the wall. Ever since when I saw her debut, that's when I was like, yeah, I gotta watch her stuff now because she looks pretty cool. She's an alien. I've never seen aliens wrestle. So yeah. Um, she's over as fuck. Nyla as champion is great. Nyla on the mic is fucking great. But Nyla versus Chris Statlander was, uh, uh, it was there. It gets, I'm, I'm just going to give it, um, bad and a half, two and a half stars. Um, first of all, that, that superplex off the top rope, that was, that was really scary. That was so scary. So scary. If you're going to build Nyla up as this, you know, heavy monster lady, I think the one person that should just take the title away from her is Awesome Kong. Have her break all these, like, like she says it, have her break bitches in the roster. All the fit bitches, like fit, like Britt Baker or Big Swole or Shanna or Penelope or you know, all the Joshi girls until she gets by, cause we haven't seen Aja Kong yet. And I don't know, like, do we even know if Aja Kong is still with AEW or was she just a special attraction? But yeah, uh, bad, very bad. Two and a half. MJF taking on Cody Rowe. Oh, the tag team match was 30 minutes and five seconds. Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander was 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Cody versus MJF was 24 minutes and 40 seconds. And bro, that tattoo, that fucking tattoo, man. I can't even, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Because let me tell you right now, Brian Alvarez said the best line ever. Cody has a neck tattoo that's on his chest. And a chest tattoo that's on his neck. <laughs> what the fuck? What in the fuck? Oh my! Oh fucking hell, man! I don't. Ah, oh, jeez, I've never scored this once in my life. I really missed this. I've missed. I really missed doing this. This is. This is gonna be fun in twenty twenty. Oh, I'm gonna have so much fun. But no, Cody and that neck tattoo, bro. That, 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 that shit really does belong in your chest. And not only that, it's, it's just, oh, it's, 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 it's like literally like touching his cheek and it almost looks as if it could have been hitting his jawline. And I'm just like, oh, wow, somebody did that shit wrong. Somebody placed it there wrong. Somebody doesn't know how to fucking do the tattoo. And Cody really thought, you know, I have a wife. And my wife likes to put her foot down in moments like this. I tell my wife, hey, I want to um, fucking dye my hair. She's like, no. But she wants to get her septum piercing and I have to be okay with that. Cody's wife should have just said no. No, that's stupid. Like, for that, you could have just... Why don't you just cover up that dream tattoo with the fucking Nightmare Family tattoo and then put dream on your neck? 
and that would just be cooler. Because <laughs> now you're a fucking distraction at life. Like, no, I don't think anyone's ever going to talk about Cody matches the same anymore because everyone's just, just going to be like, dude, that tattoo, that fucking tattoo. <laughs> the match was like pretty good overall until most of the ending. You know, Cody being Cody, they had to pull a um, Gargano and Champa spot where uh, Gargano is basically wants to punish and destroy and most likely murder Tommaso Champa, but somehow, some way, Tommaso Champa comes up with the win. This motherfucker does two crossroads, picks him up again, and I forgot what it was. I think it was like a low blow, and then. By the spirit of William Regal, MJF used the power of the punch with his $45,000 AEW diamond ring. What the fuck are, what is, what in the fuck is the purpose of that ring? What are they going to do with that ring? Is that ring going to be like some sort of cash in to a, the, the world title? Because this dude is holding it and no one is even talking. It's not even that no one's even talking about the ring. No one's even explaining why, why he has the ring? Like, what's the, what's he going to do with the ring? Is he going to cash it? Is he going to, I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to put it down? Is he going to have people fight for it? You know, like, Mortal Kombat! you want my ring? You guys fight to the death right now. Will he get, will we have like what? Jimmy Havoc, uh, Luther and fucking Joey Janela. And then we'll add, um, 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 we'll add Moxley on there and just be like the hell with it. These guys will just fight for the ring, fight to the death. What is that ring for? What is the purpose of this ring? Because so far right now, the ring is probably the most least irrelevant thing in AEW. It's only looking good on MJF's pinky finger right now. That's the only reason why they gave him that ring. Because it just looks so good on him. Like, come on. But I'm guess I'm guessing the ring is hands down going to be the, the scapegoat. For him escape, uh, him beating people in matches. Like, we're not gonna see Wardlow get involved in shit sometimes. I feel as if they wanna protect him after his first and only loss in AEW history in that steel cage match. Which, by the way, I wanna talk about that shit. Blood and guts. War games. It's basically war games. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It has to be in the William Ring. War games! Is that how it is? Is that how it is? I don't know. I don't fucking know anymore. Look, I've watched a couple of War Games matches, and I kind of like the fact that this is just, they're bringing back the, the, the top of the cage so that no one will fucking escape. Because holy shit, WWE has this thing of where like, oh, we don't need a top cage. We want these guys to do crazy spots. We want them to kill themselves for your entertainment. Because we want your money. Ha. Ah. I mean, look, that's WWE's way, but it's it's not the same as the original War Games. Now, I felt as if at first they were going to have a lawsuit with AEW due to the fact that they just copied the basic concept of War Games and just called it Blood and Guts. But then it hit me, and I was realizing, wait, AEW is going to have a top cage so that no one can escape. WWE doesn't have that shit, so ha, you can't sue! They win! Ha 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 I mean, I'm just being stupid. Um, again, uh, another, another match of the night here, and it was another debut. We had the Bastard Pack, which 
I thought it was Pac. That's what I thought, but it's Pac. Pac taking on Orange Cassidy in his singles AEW debut in his very first pay-per-view match. Um, first of all, I'm just going to say, uh, how do you do an arm drag from your pockets? That's, that's just amazing. I've seen Orange, I've seen Orange Cassidy wrestle twice at a BCW show and ICW last year in New York. I met him at ICW. I took a picture with him and then I somehow lost the picture. I was pissed off, but I, I got the character at ICW because of how everyone was really liking this guy. And I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, I liked this guy because uh, everyone else liked him. No, this guy, this dude is a really good wrestler. He's really good. And then I started seeing some of his uh, videos from like Beyond Wrestling and on YouTube with uh, Smiley Kylie and all these other guys. And it's just, he's, he's great. He's athletic. He's charismatic as fuck. This guy, like Orange Cassidy is, is single-handedly the greatest wrestler of this new generation of wrestlers, all right? All of his goofy moments get over with the crowd every time. Like, if if people want to get Orange Cassidy, they have to, like, you know, watch an Orange Cassidy match. Like, get the gimmick, know how the gimmick works and everything, because a lot of people are going to see this, and it's just like, this is being lazy. This isn't wrestling. Like, he's, how are you guys falling for this? He's He's, he's faking it. He's faking it. Look, this dude's great. He's amazing. This dude got the the most shirts sold in AEW. He's the highest seller in AEW right now. Pac, you know, giving him like a good rub overall. Even though he had to win this, and this match lasted 13 minutes flat. Even though he won this, this was still a really good showing. This was entertainment at its finest. Like people. People want to be entertained. Like you got entertained, you got entertained, and Orange Cassidy did his fucking job perfectly, perfectly. Oh, oh, uh, wait, I didn't. MJF and Cody gets a good and a half. Pat versus Orange Cassidy though, get the bars and a half. I would have put this on five stars, but then people look at me like I'm really crazy. Like, why are you putting a comedic match that was that had good wrestling five stars? It's just like, because I can't. But yeah, four and a half fucking stars. Bars and a half, bitches. Oh, shit. Then we go on to the main event for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley taking on Chris Jericho with... Santana and Ortiz, the proud and powerful ringside. They, you know, start taking their shit outside. They've been outside for like a good fucking, maybe a good 10 minutes. They were outside. I mean, God, for these referees to give these wrestlers all this leeway in AEW is just like, wow, might as well just like not have that in the rule book anymore. They're brawling, they're brawling, and, you know, this was a good match, but at the same time, it was kind of flat. Cause like uh, I get it, I, I like I think we all knew that Jericho was gonna lose the championship to begin with. But at the same time, you always have to tell yourself, did it really need to end like this? 
does the match really need to be like this? It was a good match, but it just had some flaws. Like, for instance, why the fuck were they fucking outside for fucking 10 full minutes? I could have just had a no fucking contest or a double count out. No, the referee is just giving. What if, what if Aubrey Edwards is in the inner circle and nobody know, and nobody's just like putting this out there. Nobody's throwing this conspiracy theory out there. Like, Oh, what if Aubrey Edwards is just working under Jericho as she's just uh, uh, the newest female in the inner circle? That's why you see her refereeing Jericho's matches and everything else. Like, why doesn't anyone fucking put that together? That kind of makes the most sense. Like, everyone had to interfere. Um, Santino and Ortiz had to sell a, 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 an ejection as, like, as if the air and as if the force in Aubrey Edwards' arms was so powerful, the fucking air in her arms just like fucking had them flying all over the ring like what like come on you can't throw them out they're the best the best the best i'm being stupid when they were getting ejected they were being distracted by aubrey and it was like here comes sammy guevara with the fucking belt clocks john moxley with belt john moxley starts you know getting you know cut and well he got this cut uh people are saying it was from like the turn post or like hitting the metal post in the corners, or I'm thinking it was the belt that he that got him cut open because that belt looks kind of that belt is pretty thick. All right, so I don't know what happens like he like he gets in the other eye, but then turns out like oh he could see from this eye the whole time like he he knew what he was doing like Jericho was fighting a one eyed man. So two paradigm shifts or the dirty deeds or the death rider or whatever the fuck you want to call it nowadays. One, two, three, your new AEW world champion. I miss this so much. So yeah, uh, 22 minutes and 20 seconds. I'm going to give it a, uh, a good and a half. This was a good match. It just, it kind of pissed me off that they were outside for way too fucking long. They just had to build up all this shit. Like, um, the bell did ring before the match started, right? Cause I, like, last time I checked, Aubrey Edwards should have been counting. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm nitpicking too much about it. Maybe. Just maybe. Overall, this pay-per-view is wanted to get a solid B grade. There were some great matches. Uh, two of them, which were amazing. Everything else, the card was really good. Uh, Cody's tattoo, very distracting, very disturbing. Um, you need to start thinking about your life choices, son. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, but you know, everything else about the show was great. I love the, I love the stage. I love the pyro. I love, I love the storytelling. I liked everything else. I love the 630 spot through the table. Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, those guys are the future of this business. If not, 
then they're just going to start relying on these WWE guys. Because for the second time in AEW history, a former WWE champion is the AEW World Champion. Uh, oh, fuck. Who's next? I'm not trying to steal Goldberg stuff. I was going to basically make this the AEW episode and then separate this with another one. But fuck it. Why not? I'm in a good fucking mood. Let's get ourselves the Elimination Chamber recap underway. Submitted to the approval of the Rainbow Mania show. This is the tale of how fucking Shayna Baszler killed everyone. Enjoy. Let's fucking ramble. Uh, God damn it. Here we got... We had about maybe six, seven matches. All right, yeah, we had seven matches. All right, for the pre-show, we had the Viking Raiders taking on uh, Hawkins and Ryder. They killed them within four minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, this gets a bad, because why did they even book this match to begin with? I don't even know anymore. I don't, I, I, I can't, I don't see what, what they're going to do with these guys. Unless they're going to start having a rivalry with AOP because, let's face it, having them face all these smaller guys, it's making them just look ridiculous. Like They need to be going after the guys that uh, took the tag team titles away from them. Like, I don't know, fucking OC, AOP, or, you know, the Black Hand, which is the Monday Night Messiah and all that stuff. And Murphy, because you can't call him Buddy anymore. But whatever. Bad. Two and a half. Ridiculous. We open up the show with some pure, pure, real wrestling at its finest. And that is fucking Drew Gulak in his hometown of Philly, PA. Why did I do that? Taking on fucking Daniel Bryan. And, you know, these two basically have the exact same wrestling background and... Um, looking at all these matches, oh my fuck, Daniel, you are taking way too many head spots to make Drew look this good. You almost died in any scenario that never could have, you could have died. This is one sick one, he did a German, and he literally landed on the top of his head, and I'm just like, oh! That was just scary. That was really scary. But for Daniel Bryan to overcome the odds, make Drew Gulak tap out to the LaBelle lock or the guest lock or the Captain Planet lock or whatever the fuck he calls it lock now. Because that dude likes to change the names of every time he changes his gimmicks. Uh, I'm going to give this match a solid bars. This match was stiff. This match was great. This was a fight. This was an actual fight. Like, these guys were actually hitting each other for real, and it hurt a lot. It, this this is moments where it's just like, I got to turn away, but I need to look to see what happened. It, it was amazing. It was fucking great. Andrade defending his United States Championship against Humberto. I'm so gonna get in trouble. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, look, Humberto just really needs to stop getting title shots. This dude's been getting title shot after 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 title shot. It's like, yo, you either turn this fucker heel or you just put him back into NXT because I've never seen a man get so many opportunities for a title that WWE hardly ever gives a fuck about. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing because I, I can't, I can't. Like, this guy, this guy, Humberto is so talented. He has the look of a face and a heel. He has the style. He has the work ethic. This guy could be a great champion, but it's just like, he couldn't do it with AJ Styles. He can't do it with Andrade. He can't do it with his cousin Angel. He beat Andrade in a tag match, and, you know, now we go back to this shit, and he fucking loses! And then, didn't they get a rematch? Didn't they not get a rematch? Wasn't there another match between these two? The night after Elimination Chamber. I don't know. I don't fucking watch Raw because I'm at work! Look here. I'm gonna give this match a solid, a solid good no, hold on. Good. Because, oh, holy shit. These guys could do lucha things for days, but I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. Humberto, you need some fucking personality and shit. Because that Dale Gas shit is going nowhere. And whatever the fuck you're doing with your dimples and stuff, it's going nowhere. Your cousin is Univision while you're fucking Telemundo. Dare. And I'm Spanish, so I get away with that shit. Manita sea, coño. Oh, fuck. The Miz and Morrison in an Elimination Chamber tag team match. Defending the SmackDown tag team titles. <coughs> against the New Day. Heavy Machinery. The Usos. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Lucha House Party. Why the fuck were they even in this match to begin with? What, they could have just taken someone from Raw? I would have not been surprised if they said, hey, AOP, you want to take over this match? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, go. Go go write a book. Go write a chapter in this book of yours. First of all, I'm just going to say, I give Lucha House Party so much shit. Well, I haven't been really recording in a while, but I give them so much shit when I see them on TV. Last time I gave them so much shit was when they faced Lars Sullivan, and we haven't seen that fucker in a minute. So, um, this is what happened. Uh, let's say Dorado and Grand Metal League, they do their lucha, lucha things that, that somehow got them super over on this pay-per-view. And to be honest, this Elimination Chamber tag team match was better than the last one. I will give them credit. This one actually had some good, um, spots, really good spots, like Dorado fucking doing the goddamn moonsault off the top of the fucking chamber. Um, everyone doing flips and somersaults and kicks and Otis fucking driving him. This is one thing that bugged me so much. Like, WWE, you had this opportunity to have Otis beat the shit out of Dolph Ziggler. And the final moment that he has Dolph Ziggler in his hands, what do you do? You have him fucking ram him to the fucking corner post for him to just be like, choo-choo! And fucking god, god damn it, pal! He ran right through that fucking glass, and it was just like, yes, 
That is true. That is probably the one thing that has never been done in Elimination Chamber. And I'm just like, holy fuck, they finally did it. Someone's out of the chamber. Someone finally, finally did a spot where they got out of the chamber. And we thought Nia Jax could have pulled it off. And I'm like, oh, damn, never mind. There were some crazy spots, but look, uh, Morrison and Miz winning with a double pin onto the Uso. And they win. Uh, I'm going to actually give this match a solid... Uh, yeah, I, I give this one a solid good. It was really good match. It was better than la- uh, the last match that they had in the tag team. It was not that good. But this one, this oh, this one was actually pretty entertaining. It, it, it had some holy shit moments. Uh, you know what? Fuck that. I give it a, th- I give it a three and a half. It, it gets a solid good and a half. Good and a half. All right. And this was this was just great. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was. What can I say? Like the the sequels are always better than the original, right? Uh, Alistair Black taking on AJ Styles with Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in his corner in a no disqualification match. The match was twenty three minutes and fifteen seconds. The tag team elimination chamber match was thirty two minutes and fifty five seconds. Andrade and Humberto was. 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Drew and Daniel was 14 minutes and 20 seconds. The Viking Raiders were under five minutes. All right. So, uh, um, um, oh, where the fuck am I? Where am I? Oh, yeah. No disqualification match. Um, you know, the purpose of a no disqualification match is to have the people that are by your side fucking do your dirty work for you. Like, these guys were not doing... The OC weren't doing anything. They were just watching and watching and watching and watching until it was time for them to fucking do their part. And then, gong. Undertaker just shows up out of nowhere and then just starts choking them. It looked like WrestleMania six when they had Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior on a test of strength. And it looked very, 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 you know what? That's what it just looked like within these two. It just looked like they were going to blow them. <laughs> Alistair Black kicking AJ Styles was probably like the sickest black match I've ever seen in pro wrestling history. Uh, took it like champ. AJ Styles loses. Now we know that, that AJ Styles is going to face The Undertaker at Mania. Who's going to win this one? I don't fucking know. But this match at least gets a good, uh, it gets, it gets a solid good. The good. I need to remember all my shit now. This match was a good no DQ match. I mean, I like that it was just those two, like, you know, facing each other. I just didn't like the fact that they had Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson just standing there like a bunch of dumb fucks. Like, hey, it's no DQ. Like, we should be helping him within the match. Like, not at the very fucking end. Like, it, it, just, it literally just caught me off fucking guard. Uh, a table spot was there. There was some good spots. Like, I, I, like, this was a good match between these two. I want to see them compete more because these two, like, this was really good psychology. And, and to have these two, like, face each other, this was probably a, a good way to, like, have this pay-per-view make it feel like it was worth watching. 23 minutes, 15 seconds for that match. The Street Profits defend their Raw Tag Team Championships for the first time in a rematch. Again, what didn't didn't we had the McMahon family and Triple H say 
We're going to end the rematch clauses. Uh, we're going to give you what you want, what you really, really want. Uh, and that's all these NXT guys being buried uh, by my dad-in-law. Oh, fuck. No. Um, Montez Ford is going places. That motherfucker is... Whatever he's on, I want because this dude, this dude could be on some kind of drugs that I want to be on right now, and it'll be so good. Like I want to, I want to fucking do the Ultimate Warrior ring taunt like that and just be all fucking coked out of my mind. No, I don't want to do that. But look, Montez Ford is going places. This guy is a fucking. He's a legit star. Like. The, the the charisma, the promos, everything about this guy in ring. He is amazing. Like, uh, Angelo Dawkins, I'll give him props. Like, he found his footing in the tag division when he teamed up with, with Montez Ford. Because let's face it, when we saw uh, D'Angelo Dawkins in a single run at NXT, he was going nowhere. Like, you know, taking your hand and swirling it around and having your hand look like a bowl, like you're LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron No, let me stop. Um I'm happy that he he's in a he's in a good uh in a good position here with, with this tag team run with uh Montez Ford. It's given him some some time to like build up character and his character is like his character is amazing. He's learned. He's been learning how to talk a lot, and he's gotten pretty good. I hope they don't break this team up because this is a really good, charismatic tag team. Like Crime Time in two thousand and six, get that out of here. This is the generation's newest Crime Time, except they're PG, but they're drinking lean, which they don't want you to know that. <laughs> oh man, but no, um. They won the tag belts in Brooklyn, which kind of shocked me. I'm like, what the fuck? You mean tell me you beat the Monday Night Messiah and his disciple? You you mean tell me that like that was possible? That they give you guys a tag run, and the fact that you guys retained it is amazing. Holy fucking shit! Again, this was a good match overall within these four competitors. Um, I like the fact that Kevin Owens showed up on within the crowd with a bag of popcorn like he bought a ticket. Comes in, stuns Rollins. You know, Rollins yells at Murphy like, What happened to you? What happened to you? Stunner, throws popcorn at him, gets popcorn on Murphy. And you just see that one popcorn stuck to his hair and he's just all mad like, It's like he's gonna crucify Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. We don't need any crucifixions, okay? We don't need this this religious crap all over my TV. It's getting annoying. Um, I'm gonna give this one um good and a half, three and a half stars. It was a good, it was a good match. Got a little boring at the middle, but it picked up at the very end, which was probably the only thing that got the crowd awake. A three on one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Braun Strowman taking on. Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. The whole idea of this match was that Sami Zayn is going to be taking over the spotlight. And I think this is when the dissension starts within his group, within Nakamura and Cesaro. 
So hopefully we get that triple threat match at Mania or Fatal Four Way. We just add Braun in there for the fuck of it. Um, first of all, Sami Zayn look, look is looking straight up like Fidel Castro, and I'm just I'm at a loss for words. He says he's going to take care of Braun himself, that his compadres could stay in the corner or just stay on the ring apron because, you know, Braun's a big dude. I'm still going to need your help overall. Braun did not lay a hand on Sami Zayn at all throughout this whole goddamn match. And to think that Sami Zayn would be the one to pin Braun Strowman to become the Intercontinental Championship. What a moment. What a, what a, what the fuck moment right there? Because holy fucking shit, Sami Zayn finally won a singles championship. Oh man, dude. Wow. What, what a way to end Braun's title reign. Like, I thought they were going to do good things with Braun with the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, is, this could have been really good for him. He could have gotten a mat, uh, like a good push at the at the end of it overall. Maybe, maybe a run with the with the universal title would have been at, uh, on the next topic for him. But no, they just have him hold on to the intercontinental title for like a month and a half for him to lose it to Sami Zayn. Who booked this shit? Main event. For number one contendership for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship, we have Shayna Baszler, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan. Again. No, I'm not, I was going to say who booked this shit, but no. This was actually good booking, but bad, bad booking. Very bad booking. Bad, bad. I did not like this match. I, I, I got, I, I don't hate it. I got bored quickly because they just basically said, Hey, Shayna, you're the new prop. So you go out there and you'll kill everyone. You're going to chill the competition apart. You do it for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And she did that. She basically just murdered everyone. I get it. She's supposed to be this big powerhouse uh, cage fighter. And that's what they're calling her now. The cage fighter. Like, I thought they were going to call her, you know, the cannibal, the zombie, the vampire, all that other bullshit. But no, we got we got cage fighter um, Shayna Baszler. And I thought, I thought there was going to be some last minute changes overall with this match. Like, oh, maybe we're going to give it to Asuka. Because let's face it, nobody there, nobody there was a threat to Shayna Baszler except for Asuka. Asuka is like Shayna's biggest fucking threat. Why? Because they never wrestled each other before. Two, um, they wrestled and they put on a good showing. Three. Shayna murdered her. Like, Shayna basically made everyone there tap out. Liv Morgan got dead. She just got destroyed. Uh, Natalia got destroyed with the door, the, the, the door like, like sliding onto her face and her chest and her arms and 
all that stuff. One thing that I could say I hate about this match, I don't like how the women were just shouting, You like that, Liv? You like that? You like that? Huh? You like that? No, yeah, I like that. Like, um, I'm, I'm watching a wrestling match, not a porno. So how about we stop the whole dirty talking, you like that kind of stuff and just beat the shit out of each other. This is Elimination Chamber, not a 1-900-WWE hotline where you just give me a copy of fucking Hedonism from 2001. Bad. Very bad. Very fucking bad. Um, yeah, uh, um, this, this is the overall grade for Elimination Chamber. It's going to get a C. Uh, best matches of the night overall was, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. That was a murder. Uh, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles. That was good. No DQ except for the whole, the team, your team should have been beating him up the whole time. Like, why did you beat up Rey Mysterio in Saudi Arabia then if that was the case? Um, the tag team, Elimination Chamber match was actually pretty good, but uh, overall, like this, this, this whole this whole pay per view gets to see. Again, the, the, they had to throw these matches at the last minute because they had to do Saudi blood money, whatever the fuck number they're on. Because I don't even care anymore. And the fact that Goldberg won the title from the Fiend pisses off a lot of people. Is like, who's this fifty three year old man that can't even get it in the ring anymore? That can't even last longer in the bed with his wife. Fucking just wins the Universal Championship from The Fiend. I didn't get it. Nobody got it. But I don't care. They're just doing this so that they can give the belt to Roman. Which was going to be the original plan from the start. But no. They figured, hey, John. How would you like to lose to The Fiend after you beat him six years ago? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm invested now. I kind of want to see that. I, I would not mind seeing that. Follow all of our stuff. Um, Facebook.com forward slash the Ramble Mania Show. Twitter at Ramble Mania Show. Instagram at Ramble Mania Show. YouTube.com flo- forward slash Ramble Mania Show. You can follow me on Instagram at iZombies. Double I-Z-O-M-B. Double I-E-S-Z. You want my Facebook? Please DM me if you want that personally. Man, months and months and months and months and months away from not doing this. It feels very, 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 I can't even describe, I I don't even have the words to explain it. I just miss this so much. And I'm happy that I'm now finally back on my feet and I'm happy to let you all know that I'm coming back to do more recordings pretty soon. Again, I can't thank my guys six and seven enough for continuing on with this podcast for their shows and everything. Entertaining you guys the same way I'm gonna entertain you guys back. Uh shout outs to everyone from like the uh Jobber Tears, Mr. Black, Sir Wilkins, Janelle from HR. Shout out to Weed and Wrestling. Shout out to my boy Foxley. Shout out to everyone from the Triple S, the Secret Smoker Society. Shout out to my boy Twin. Uh, and shout out to all you guys that still listen to us here in the year 2020. Oh, and if I haven't said this to you guys before, I'm just going to say now. I know it's March, but I hope you guys are having a very fucking great new year. And I hope you're enjoying this new year so far. I know we got this whole coronavirus thing going on, which is pretty fucking scary for everyone. Shows are being canceled left and right. Uh, basketball is done. H- and Hockey's done. Baseball's done. 
Uh, we're not. Uh, AEW is probably going to move blood and guts to another arena because the Prudential Center is afraid of this whole shit. We're all worried that WrestleMania might get canceled or might get postponed during the summer because of this fucking corona epidemic. Things are just getting way the fuck out of hand. And people are really scared. You know, I just found out that Tom Hanks and his wife has the coronavirus also. And I'm just like, wow, this is getting... This is getting surreal. This is this is really real. Like people must be in, in a complete uproar about this. But look, I just I hope everyone gets the best health and the help that they deserve because we don't want people dying on our watches from this coronavirus stuff and we want to make sure that everyone is still alive to you know have good wrestling and you know see the world in, in a couple of years from now and everything else. But that's going to be my time here. Uh, I'll be back in like maybe a week or two to um, give you guys some more recaps. Uh, I don't know what's going to be happening with Raw Rants. I'm supposed to be doing that along with SmackDown. But due to my schedule, um, I'm not going to be able to do that as much because I got to work on the weekends, which sucks. The things you do, the things you got to do when you live in uh, Massachusetts. All right, guys. Thank you very much. For uh, listening to the Ramble Mania show, I've been Hazel the Eye Zombie. As we always say here, good fight, good night. Pointing good is to you all. Too sweet. <laughs>